1: this is the story of harry's for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers then one day an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors he was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving they called it harry's by taking less profit and selling online harry's can offer quality blades for less You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
3: Welcome to the Rotowire wire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E for the song Comb Over, our intro this season. James, we're going to be looking at your latest farm futures piece, top deadline prospects on the move. Uh, going to be diving into that. Definitely check out the full article for yourself, rotowire.com, slash pod for a free 10-day trial. But before we do, uh, we've, we've kind of seen this... I mean, maybe it's the second wave of of prospects coming up in recent days. Uh, Orlando Arcia, Andrew Benintendi, uh, Gary Sanchez, and others coming up uh, for these final two months. And I just want to get your get your take on where these guys rank, maybe among amongst themselves in terms of fantasy assets over the the remainder of the season.
4: Well, of the three guys you mentioned, uh, I would have Arcia last. Mm-hmm. I think that they. I kind of think the Brewers fully expect him to fail sort of on this initial run through the the big leagues. He's going to probably burn up his his prospect eligibility, but I you know, I could see him really kind of struggling to to get on base at a high clip, you know, even just seeing him initially, he's he's really aggressive. He's trying to do a little too much right now, so uh he needs to get on base in order for that speed to play. I think the the power I think he's got a bit more power in his bat than than some people think. I mean, I think 12, 15 homer pop over a full season is is realistic down the road. But right now, it's just not really going to be there. Uh, so Garcia is, is the guy that I probably wouldn't roster in a, in a ton of formats. Uh, Sanchez, just because he's going to be catcher eligible, is mm-hmm. very intriguing, uh, especially considering the Yankees seem very uh, firm in their stance that they're just not going to play A-Rod right now when when they've got a guy like sanchez who who they do actually want to get looks at uh so you know i think he's the most advanced hitter in that yankee system and to get that at, at catcher is you know i mean he could very reasonably be a top 10 catcher the rest of the way so in, in pretty much any format other than just you know really shallow mixer where you're, you're set at the position uh he should he should probably be added and then uh benintendi is kind of a wild card to me I think it's a couple hits last night pretty impressive a couple hits last night I mean Edwin Diaz made him look uh really foolish uh but, but he that, does that I mean he pretty yeah. much does that to everyone uh you know I I think it's it's gonna be interesting I mean I, w- I wouldn't I would be surprised at all if Benintendi actually uh outperformed a guy like Alex Bregman the rest of the way it's just
3: man I'm a little concerned about Bregman I really thought he was polished enough to hit the ground running I, I still think you know getting off topic just since you mentioned him but uh he will be fine the rest of the way but this is a little bit of a troubling start as far as i'm concerned
4: well yeah and it's i guess i'm not super i mean he he's in a bit a bigger hole than i I think anyone would have would have Mm -hmm. seen uh, coming i think he's like what like one for his last 31 or something like that uh and the problem there is that they have so many options on that roster, especially once once a guy like Luis Valbuena gets healthy, ulyeski uh, Uriel gets gets added to the big league roster. They don't have to let a guy like Bregman play through some struggles. You know, if if he's not not kind of rounding into form, by the time those guys are ready, they have options, so they could even send him back down if there's just not going to be everyday at bats for him. So, uh, I'd be worried about Bregman too. um David Dahl, to me, is is the guy that uh, I hope people were smart enough to go get. You know, I saw – um, I, I forget if it was it was either Tout or Labor or something. I was looking at the bids. I believe it went Bregman, Alex Alex Dickerson, Dahl <laughs> in that order. Yeah. And to me, like DVR and I were, were talking on the XM show – uh, right when Dahl and Bregman came up, and we both like Dahl more than Bregman, just given the all-around potential uh, for steals, mm-hmm. homers, batting average, the course field effect. Uh, I think Dahl probably is is a safer bet, playing time wise, just because you look at that Rockies team. And uh, I mean, he he's. I, I was <laughs> when I I was kind of dogging them, calling him up in the first place, just because I didn't really understand what the purpose was. But I didn't also didn't realize that they just got over five hundred. Like yeah. that Rockies team is is really on a tear right now, and so now I I kind of get the move. I mean that that he does make their team better. So Dahl's the guy that I'd want out of out of all these guys we're talking about.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, and I I kind of feel like there might be a, another wave coming pretty soon. A guy like Josh Bell, I really think he should. Get a chance soon. I mean, we saw jo- Joe Musgrove come up and fare really well. Sounds like he'll be joining that rotation pretty soon. Uh, also, rumors that Yoan Moncada, you know, his timetable—he's really kind of forced their the Red Sox hands in terms of moving up his ETA. Uh, and that's you know that's when a hot take comes to fruition. Hot preseason take comes to fruition. I don't actually know if he's going to get the call, uh, but I thought it may be a possibility in the preseason just because he's an elite talent. Uh, is he a guy maybe you're throwing $0 bids at this week?
4: Uh, I just, I'm just i not in any leagues where uh, that would make sense or mm-hmm. he's available. Uh, I don't know. I just don't really see the point. I mean, they have Dustin Pedroia at second base. I mean, he's having a classic Dustin Pedroia season. They haven't mm-hmm. been playing Moncada anywhere other than second base. If they all of a sudden start playing him – in left field or something like that at, at double a or, or what have you, then, you know, maybe, maybe I would throw something at him, but, uh, I just, I don't really see the opening for him right now.
3: Yeah. I hear you. I would like to see Swaggy V get a chance pretty soon, but we'll that, see. Man. That's
4: one that I don't, I don't understand why he's, he's not with the Mariners yet. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're a team that's kind of sort of fallen, falling apart a little bit here in the, over the past couple of months. Uh, I mean, Vogelbach's an upgrade to me over half the guys in that lineup on a day to day basis.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I hope he gets a chance pretty soon. We'll see though. Uh I think the Mariners would be wise to make that move, but maybe they're not, not quite willing to give up on on Adam Lind, uh seeing regular time at first there. But let's dive into this farm futures piece. Gonna to be touching on a lot of the top prospects who were moved at the deadline. And we'll start with the the top prospect according to you, who was moved, Glaber Torres. Of course, going to New York in that Araldis Chapman trade, you have him number seventeen on the top two hundred prospect list. Uh, why do you like him a little bit more than than Clint Frazier? All things considered,
4: uh, the positional scarcity is a, is a huge factor. Uh, Frazier, I th- if if they both were outfielders, I would take Frazier. Uh, it's just that you know Torres, he's a nineteen year old at high A and he's been an above average hitter at 800 OPS, uh, 9 homers. I mean, everyone kind of always sort of gave the same rap with Torres that they would throw on guys like, you know, Lindor and Arcia where you're you're talking about above average tools, maybe even plus tools across the board except for the power. The fact that the power is where it is right now uh is is very encouraging. I think you you kind of have to look at that as as maybe a guy where we might have been a little light on the power projection. Maybe he's a twenty homer guy down the road, and and if that comes with like a two seventy five average and you know maybe fifteen twenty steals, uh, that's that's incredibly valuable at the shortstop position. And we know he's going to stick at shortstop, so that's why I give him the edge over Frazier. I like Frazier plenty. Uh, I yeah, just I think he's that a, you know he's, he's a stud. He's kind of he he's. He's just one of those outfielders where there's, you know, across the board potential. There's there's a handful of those
3: guys in the minor leagues right now. Yeah, I know Justin Turner has kind of earned the moniker of Ginger Jesus, but I think Ginger <laughs> Jesus might actually be Clint Frazier.
4: It's such a such a shame that the Yankees acquired him and he had to, <laughs> I know. to cut those locks off. I mean, that's that's a, that's big a real there. shame. We but... at least we got to. Get a look at him in person yeah, before, saw those before they're locks gone for good.
3: Just popping out of that helmet, the guy's forearms. He's got Dan Ugla forearms. Yeah. Hopefully his career goes uh, a little better than than Uglas. But you know, I really do like Frazier a lot. I have him in one one long term keeper league. I'm wondering though. You know, he's got 13 steals this year Uh, had 15 last year are we looking at a guy who could be you know mid-teens at the major league level or should we dial that back to maybe only like a handful per season at the major league level I'd be
4: you know I wouldn't be surprised if he had a maybe a 20 steal season early on Uh, it's just it's so hard to kind of gauge what kind of a a base dealer someone's going to be when it's sort of in that that 50 to to 60 grade range with, with the speed because you know some guys some guys are just all about stealing bases and and really opportunistic out there. Some guys just kind of play it safe and uh don't try to do too much on the bases, so we'll kind of see what what he's all about I think over a full season though twenty uh wouldn't surprise me at all, especially early on,
3: yeah, I'm hoping to get a look at him early next year uh certainly a guy <clears throat> I'm very intrigued by and uh think he could be. A cornerstone for that Yankees team as they uh, begin, you know, kind of a rare rebuild for them, taking a a different approach. Where I think it's going to pay off, especially when you know the what, 2018 free agent market opens. Yeah, they're well, going to add guys to it, this core.
4: Here's what I think is interesting about Frazier and them acquiring him: is he's legitimately going to be blocked. I mm-hmm. think unless unless a guy like Aaron Judge uh, sort of you know, struggles to the point where Frazier loops him or jumps over him kind of on the organizational looped, depth looped chart in. <laughs> um you know uh Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury are both locked up for for a few more years you know there could could be a point where Frazier a better player than both those guys uh but you know what are you going to do with those two guys I mean you, you either have to move them or be cool with them just being on the bench and getting paid you know 15 20 million dollars a year yeah. so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that outfield organizational depth chart shakes out over the next couple of years but i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because it's going to allow them to keep him at AAA, maybe you know even past when he's when he's ready i mean a guy like josh bell right now i think is is better off having been Held down so much longer than than some other organizations would have. I think if Frazier ends up having to spend all of next year at AAA, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, it'd be disappointing from a dynasty perspective, but yeah, maybe for his development, not the worst. I also think it's interesting too because you mentioned could be blocked. They're also you know thinking about that that 2018 free agent class. Obviously, seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to sign Bryce Harper. So that could maybe further right. I mean.
4: Things you know, what are you going to, it's just, what do you do with those other guys? You know, maybe you trade, maybe they're not, maybe Frazier gets flipped. Yeah. uh, Again, maybe Aaron judge gets flipped. You know, there's definitely a scenario where that would make sense, especially if you could go out and acquire a a big arm. Uh, Just going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, guys like that, they always find playing time one way or another. So it's, it's not a big deal, but it's just kind of murky as to how it's all going to play out.
3: Yeah, absolutely. With, With all these moves though, are you, uh, kind of of the mindset that the Yankees have one of if not the best farm system in the majors now uh
4: i'm i'm a I, I think the brewers have the best system right now i just think it's it's deeper than the Yankees uh it's got more pitching than the Yankees uh the Yankees definitely have kind of the the four uh the five i guess position players who are uh you know up at the top where Jorge Mateo and Gleber Torres are a little bit further away, but you got Judge, Fraser, uh, Sanchez, and they're all uh, kind of knocking on the door. So mm-hmm. I mean, that that's something the Brewers don't necessarily have, but um, just throughout the system, I, I prefer uh, what the Brewers have. But I, I think the Yankees are are definitely a top three system after the the trade deadline.
3: Let's talk about the Brewers' key acquisition here at the deadline. Centerpiece of the return for Jonathan Lucroy, Lewis Brinson off to a great start with his new organization, with four for four in his first game, uh, then gr- hit a grand slam last night with Triple A Colorado Sp- Colorado Springs. Uh, what are your thoughts on this deal, and were you pleased that they got you know Brinson and Ortiz rather than a guy like Joey Gallo? Uh, you know, I think people
4: have kind of made too much of the. Oh, like, well, why didn't we get Joey Gallo? Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually think it's entirely possible, and people may not believe this, but I think it's entirely possible that David Stearns preferred Brinson to Gallo Mm -hmm. and that he insisted on Brinson's inclusion, and that's why you saw it only be a a two plus a player to be named later instead of maybe Gallo and and two or three extra guys. Uh, Yeah, for Luke Roy and Jeffers. Right. I, I think... I think Brinson is the guy that I think the Rangers uh, really didn't want to part with, especially if you kind of look at their uh, organizational depth chart. Uh, Brinson was going to play a super key role on that team as as their center fielder of the future. Gallo, still, there's not really an obvious place for him uh, next year. So, you know, I think they were probably more willing to give up on Gallo. Gallo probably a bit more risky. Uh, obviously, Gallo is the guy you'd prefer in fantasy. But in in real life, Brinson brings so much more to the table defensively that uh, I think the, the Brewers kind of got their guy in Brinson. And I think that they were fortunate that his, uh, you know, I, I've seen him play a couple times uh, this year on, on – TV and and he's he's just barreling everything I don't know why the the batting average hasn't cooperated uh, until he got to Colorado Springs but uh, I think they kind of lucked out that he wasn't having a a breakout year on paper and Mm. that kind of allowed them to acquire him whereas if he was having that breakout year they probably don't get him included in this deal
3: yeah so he you know spent has spent the bulk of the year at the double-a level with the Rangers double-a Frisco affiliate 77 games and yeah, you mentioned you know not not really having a, a breakout season, the kind of season you'd expect from a guy with these kind of tools. Anyway, and, and he's 22 now. At 22, and at the you know now advanced to the AAA level, when do you think we can expect to see him? Do you think it won't be? I uh, think they may slow play him given this start to this year, and maybe we don't see him till late 2017.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be up like right around this time next year. Okay. Um. He's 22. That's still, for a guy, like, this was one of, he was one of those guys when he was drafted, I think, back in, what, 2011? Uh, he, or, uh, yeah, 20, 2011, I think. Uh, he was one of those guys that was just super boomer bust because, it, you know, one of those all-athlete, like, is this guy going to learn how to play baseball type of players? And those guys often take... You know, even longer than it's taken Brinson, mm-hmm. if, if it if it even works for him at all. And I think the fact that he's kind of where he's at is is a testament to his work ethic. Uh, I, and I think the Brewers showed with the the promotion of Arcia that they're not going to be completely beholden to to trying to squeeze every last uh, ounce of control of all, all their players in in that system. So if Brinson, you know, if it, if it's going to be good for his development to come up uh, at some point before the all-star break next year at it wouldn't surprise me but i think he, despite this hot start at colorado springs he's probably gonna have some ups and downs at triple a
3: yeah i would agree with you now you're a brewers fan of course as a fan were you happy that Lucroy vetoed that deal
4: i i was at the end of the day i mean i yeah. i like the i like the rangers package more than that indians mm. one and you know obviously you don't know what they would have gotten separate for Jeffress if they had something else lined up. Yeah, uh, but you know I, I love Francisco Mejia, and I, I think Greg Allen is is a, a nice under the radar outfielder. But uh, you got
3: you got a pair of impact I mean, potential right, impact. Right. Players. You know, I,
4: I'd take Luis Ortiz over both those guys, <laughs> and let alone Brinson. So I think it worked out. Um, you know, I I totally respect a player exercising their no trade when it's available to them i just think it's kind of crazy that the brewers couldn't get a accurate gauge on whether yeah, he was gonna that was the that. weird part it, about you know that. i mean that theoretically that could have really put them in a tough spot if, if teams know that the indians aren't an option like you want to have even if you know that you can still have other teams believe the indians are an option and kind of leverage that uh, they're still were able to get a heck of a package here but mm-hmm. um I'm surprised they weren't able to kind of find out directly from Luke Roy what his intentions were there.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm you know I'm fully supportive of players exercising their their rights to no trades, uh, except in Dad dude's case. Just get <laughs> just get gone, man. Just get. Nobody gone. wants you here, man. <laughs> that was a blessing too for the for the Nats. Holy hell! Because then they went outside right, Murphy. Right. Yeah. It's Crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll move on. Dan Vogelbach. We mentioned him uh, a little bit earlier. You have him as the fourth best. Uh, prospect moved at the deadline t- uh, 38th on the overall top 200 again feel like he's deserving of a promotion may not you know get it before september i would be surprised if we didn't see him when the rosters expand but uh still with with vogelbach it's all about that hit tool and the power if say he got called up maybe say mid-august could we maybe look at him maybe reaching double-digit homers
4: i doubt that i i think he's the power might be you know it might not be 20 till 2018 that he's hitting 25 plus homers uh but the the hit tool i mean he's the best hitter that got traded at, at the deadline just pure hitter uh you probably throw 70 on his hit tool you know he's he's off to a bit of a slow start in terms of getting some balls in play to to go for hits at triple a tacoma but uh, already two homers there uh, should eclipse 20 homers on the season for the first time in his career this year so uh i I mean look at the look at the k to walks that he's been posting up up the the minor leagues i mean it's it's pretty crazy double double digit walk rate at every single stop uh since his since 2011 when he was just played six games in rookie ball and uh, walk rate over 15% in each of his last three stops. K rate's been below 20% except for one year at short season ball back in 2012. I mean, it's just there's no real flaws with the bat. Uh, it's just only a matter of time before he's one of those just set it and forget it util types.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Number five on the list, Grant Holmes going from the Dodgers to the A's. You have him as the 76th-ranked prospect, 20-year-old at high A. How did you think, you know, before we talk specifically about Holmes, uh, maybe you can dive into it as part of the answer here, but how do you think the A's did uh, in their return for Josh Reddick and Rich Hill? Uh,
4: I liked it. I think uh, it's it's a really risky haul because I I look at – you know, Holmes is the the top guy they got back, and he's still at high A. Uh, Frankie Montas is yeah, he's the he's
3: the lottery ticket.
4: He's there. the lottery ticket. He's dealing with a with a rib issue right now that's kind of t- taking his whole season away, basically. Mm-hmm. And they sort of said he's not going to pitch again until the Arizona Fall League. Oh, damn! And and he might even he he might just be a reliever. Honestly, I mean, he he's missed so much developmental time through the years that he he just hasn't had enough chances to really develop uh, his secondary offerings and and work out that command. So maybe you get a closer out of him. Uh, Maybe they they can kind of cobble together a a set of offerings that allows him to start. But, um, you know, I, I... I think his track, his stock has trended down um, significantly since he debuted in the big leagues with the White Sox a couple of years ago. He's actually been traded. This is his fourth team, if, yeah, I'm, if I'm correct. That's I mean, that's that's never a good sign. No. Um, and then Jerrell Cotton, he he pumps gas. I, I think that his minor league numbers are a little, you know, I I think he's better than that. I think he's he's going to end up having better command than that uh, down the road. But, you know, you look at his size, he's he's not a really scrawny guy, but, I mean, he, he is – I think he's only 5'11 or, or 6 feet. So he could end up being a reliever too. I mean, if you get two power arms and then a mid-rotation starter in Holmes, I think that's a solid package, but it's it's still fairly risky.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And with Holmes, I mean, you look at the numbers this year. Walks have been a big issue, 43 in in 105 in the third innings. Also 100 Ks, but – uh you know what is the upside? Does he have, you know, f- front line upside if he's able to get the, the command control, you know, rein it in a little bit? Um,
4: I think he he could be a number two if if everything breaks right. Uh, I really like the the frame and it's it's a, uh, you know, it's easy mid nineties gas, hmm. uh, two hundred fifteen pounds. I mean he he's going to be able to log innings, uh think he kind of settles in as as kind of a sp3 sp4 type where you can kind of bank 180ks over a full season uh you know era in the kind of three five three six range whip in like the one two five range you know just one of those sort of steady guys that uh you know every team needs a guy like that he's he's a fine guy to have on your your farm system right now but you know this—all this, these pitchers that got moved, um, Holmes, Ortiz, Bickford. I—you could order them, even Sheffield. You could order them in any any which way, and I wouldn't really uh, take too much issue with it.
3: Now, with Ortiz, I mean, I get the sense that you're fairly high on him, but you know, kind of like with Frankie Montas, there are some durability concerns here. Uh, twenty fourteen, twenty in the third innings. Twenty fifteen, fifty innings. This year's sixty seven and a third uh is he a guy that that you do worry about or is he is the upside just outweigh uh, the potential downside here I mean you know he's he, he kind of reminds me
4: a little bit of Sean Manaya uh, mm-hmm. you know the way we kind of used to talk about him where we'd always just be like well if he could just you know if he could just stay healthy for a full season and and kind of show that he could log a decent amount of innings then you know you might have a number two starter and yeah, you know, he's kind of putting stuff together of late for for Oakland. Uh, that that's kind of panned out for them. Ortiz is kind of the same way. I mean, we just we haven't seen him log enough innings for anyone to feel all that confident that he's mm-hmm. going to be able to do it. I, I think the <clears throat> the stuff is is obviously there, and uh, the Brewers are are really high on him. I I know I heard David Stern say that he has. Uh, four above-average pitches. I, I don't. I don't think I've heard anyone say that. So I mean, the, the Brewers are obviously quite high on him. Uh, I, I mean, this is a 20-year-old at Double A. Even with all those issues with with uh, workloads, the fact that he's at Double A as a 20-year-old tells you all you need to know about the stuff.
3: Yeah. Let's move on to Phil Bickford. Uh, yeah, the, just another another nice acquisition by the Brewers. Of course, moving Will Smith to the Giants. Also getting Andrew Susak. What do you think of this return from Milwaukee?
4: This one was was a a huge huge win for the Brewers. I thought uh, to to get you know move a guy like Will Smith who is just not really going to factor into their long term plans, and you know you get a guy. Uh, let's just start with Susak. I mean Susac Susack can hit. Yeah, like he's he's always really hit, and and there's been times when maybe he, his numbers haven't looked that great because it's been a short uh, or a small sample because he's playing behind Buster Posey and playing like. Right. once a week yeah i mean but like in the minor leagues dude hits uh he's kind of like an average defensive catcher uh i mean he this is not like a throw-in type i mean he he's probably going to be there you know playing three or four days a week for them next year uh and then bickford is a guy where you're always a little bit worried when when the velocity dips uh from when a guy was um an amateur to when he gets drafted uh that velocity is down. I think in the the low 90s right now, but he's. It's not uncommon for a guy, you know, after his first professional season, to you know, kind of have a little bit of dead arm, uh, kind of work through it. And and at 6'4", uh, 200 pounds, I, I think he's kind of the the perfect, like uh, the prototypical type of uh, pitcher where you see that that velocity kind of come back to. Um, in a year or two I wouldn't be surprised if he was pitching 94-95 again and at that point he's uh, a number two or number three starter I think at worst they've got a, a back-end starter that can lo- that can eat innings or a, a really solid reliever and to get that uh, plus susak for Will Smith that was a, a really good get
3: yeah that's nice I hope to see susak at some point so it seems like he'll be down at Colorado Springs for a while but he's a guy that yeah I think That was a really nice buy low from Milwaukee. Quick word from our sponsor. Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com. To create your own website today the result is stunning now josh naylor uh eighth on your list here 102 on the overall top 200 prospect rankings i mean this the, the the knife fight was kind of funny at first but stone garrett's still on the minor league dl <laughs> i know like months after this happened i know uh it was you've, a knife prank you I mean, ever been a you been a part of a knife prank <laughs> I feel like maybe but at the same time I would have remembered it. I've been in
4: I I haven't been in a I wouldn't call it a prank but I did suffer an a, a semi you know a joking around type of injury with a knife in in college. Oh uh, no. One time so I feel I feel for Stone Garrett, you know it's it's never nice <laughs> it's never it's never great to to deal with a knife wound. No. Um, keep the
3: keep the <laughs> knives out of the goose. You
4: know? <laughs> um yeah, I mean Josh Josh Naylor. He's uh, he's a pretty unique uh, first base power hitting prospect in the sense that he doesn't strike out that much at all. And he also doesn't walk that much at all. I, I think like a a decent long term comp is kind of Mike Calfranco Franco at first base, where you're you're not getting the the typical OBP numbers uh, for for a corner. Uh, middle of the order hitter, but you're you're still getting the homers. Uh, I think you can completely forget about Josh Naylor being a source of speed, even though I think he's got double digit steals on the season. He's just not gonna he's not gonna steal bases.
3: That's in, that's in crazy. The big yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, he's a big big
4: boy. Yeah, he he's he's a very big boy. Uh, but I mean that that maybe that speaks to his just kind of uh, you know knack for for knowing what to do on the the bases. Either way, I mean, I think he's he's a guy that's probably owned in most fairly serious dynasty leagues. Uh, thought the Padres did did well to flip Andrew Kashner. I mean, how lucky were they that they actually got a few good starts out of Kashner right right before that deadline? I mean, that yeah, what are the what are
3: the odds? That was pretty nice, and then but I don't really get the Padres you know reacquiring Colin Ray. Well, something seemed fishy. I think about that, that they.
4: I mean the Marlins were so pissed off, mm. and it's it's funny because like the Padres had just semi recently traded for Chris Paddock, who's now needing TJ uh, after they they traded Fernando Rodney, and then they send in, they send their own guy to the Marlins, kind of that needs TJ as a as sort of a revenge trade. Uh, <laughs> I think that they just took him back because uh, it's just a bad look if you're yeah. dealing guys that immediately need Tommy John. You don't want other teams to be wary. And kind of that's think true. that you're doing stuff below the table, uh, kind or of, or maybe even that.
3: like worried that maybe the commissioner gets involved, <laughs> maybe a little investigation.
4: Right. Be. I mean, I I feel like that would be almost impossible to prove, but yeah, um, just like show good faith, I guess, right? I, I think it, that's that's what it is to me. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's you know you could be a total hard ass about it and be like that deals a deal, like you're stuck with him, but what I don't I I don't think that's a really good look. So I, I'm. It's kind of one of those weird things. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Naylor, Naylor's solid first-base prospect. He, he's not uh, a superstar in the making by any stretch, yeah. but he, he's solid.
3: I know there was some concern when he was first drafted that maybe he, you know, once he develops, be too big to even play first-base. But he, <laughs> He's not too he can... big to have double digits. Yeah, steals. that is incredible. So he's he's a big boy, but he's an agile boy. <laughs> uh, now, the final two guys, Justice Sheffield, Adal- Adalberto Mejia, anything in particular you want to you say about these guys before we grade Nate Doug? <clears throat> <clears throat> um, not really. I mean, I, I think, you know,
4: what you're really talking about in terms of impact fantasy players at the deadline are the, are the top four guys in Vogelbach, Brinson, Frazier and, and Torres. I think that these, these last guys and even the guys in the honorable mention, you know, Dylan Tate, Travis, DeMerit, Lucius Fox, uh, these are all guys that, you know, could end up turning into something uh, fairly high likelihood that they, they don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> like Meji, there's a lot of process. He is. He is, I think, a really just going to be a steady kind of three, four type for the twins who should be ready to jump into that rotation very soon next year. Uh, I actually thought he might have been able to help the Giants a little bit this year if they'd wanted to go that route. But they, they dealt him instead and then. Sheffield, I think there's, you know, there's a decent amount of people out there that think he's got number two starter upside. I don't necessarily buy that, but, uh, you yeah, know, even if he's just a number three or number four, that's, that's plenty useful.
3: Yeah. So it was a fun deadline. Definitely a whirlwind. Well, what did you,
4: what did you think about the, uh, the, the, reds,
3: the reds yeah i was move. gonna say i mean it wasn't that fun from a, as a reds fan but at least one team got serious <laughs> and it acquired jay bruce homer bailey didn't didn't like the return
4: <laughs> homer bailey i it's really insane like how like a how often do you hear a player like yeah that vocally critical about a team
3: that like that, about that rubs a hall. Me the wrong way like, to, yeah
4: you know like it wasn't even like I don't know how we traded Jay Bruce, but it was just like we traded Jay Bruce for that. Like yeah. it's like, dude, you they couldn't have gotten Dilson Herrera for you. Like <laughs> yeah. you're you're like immovable right yeah. now. You're you're an albatross of a contract. Like it's pretty rich for you even to be with the
3: talking junk, The pitching market, they'd had to just give you away. Right. And You'd no have, team would probably even want you because yeah, your contract he'd, is he'd, so bizarre. I think he'd pass through waivers, so yeah. um, Apparently he just loves being on a, a certified loser of a team, uh, and he and wants to remain. I remain think that
4: way. I mean, was Jay Bruce like his, his hunting
3: buddy or something like that? Wasn't like <laughs> fish, fish, fishing buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I almost guarantee that they took part in those activities together. <laughs> but let's move on and grade Nate Dog. Nate Dog's a R.I.P. By the way, uh, tough grade because you know he. he was so well known for being kind of like the hooks guy mm-hmm. but he had a one of his solo albums was i forget which one it was exactly I forget uh, the name the of the it. G-Funk,
4: G-Funk classics the double disc or music and me <sighs> music and me music and me
3: that was a good album
4: i yeah i like i like the the double disc uh, a tad more but the music and me is uh, fine too i mean he got got a lot of good rappers come on and yeah. he'd, he'd sing the hook and they'd throw a verse on there
3: yeah he'd have a verse occasionally yeah
4: i mean his it's he's really tough to grade because like if we were saying what the tools were i don't even know if lyricism and flow i mean like i would just say <laughs> yeah. like voice yeah you know i mean it's like his, his lyrics it's a trademark voice his, his lyrics aren't anything all that special because he's not spitting bar after bar yeah. uh but they're Solid for what they are, I think. I mean, I gave him a 45, you gave him a 25. I mean, I think that's that's more kind of speaks to, you know, his... the his amount role. Of, the amount of words in a Nate Dogg song is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a fraction of the amount of words in a, a typical hip-hop song. So, uh, I mean, the flow, though.
3: Uh, yeah, the flow. I got an 80 flow here.
4: I, I went 70 just because... Um, I don't know why. That, I'm gonna go eighty. <laughs> that's cause you I mean, couldn't. That's, it's not a rap
3: flow, right? You you. It's an R and B flow, really.
4: Yeah, you couldn't uh, ask for anything to be better about it. I mm-hmm. mean, nobody's ever gonna have a better voice for hooks and like mm-hmm. kind of just sort of in, inter interlude sort of type type crooning. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's really really awesome stuff.
3: There's never been a guy with a better voice or flow for hip hop hooks, you know. No. Never. And I mean and everybody even, wanted a month on their hook. Right. And not uh
4: I mean who I don't even know who you'd say is like second in, in that. I mean, he was
3: just Ronald you know, Isley? No, I don't know.
4: <laughs> cocaine.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. Could work. Maybe Devin? Even though he, you know, he's an artist on his own two legs. But, uh, yeah, 80 flow here for me. I mean, he's just – and you've bumped him up as well. He's uh, – you know, I'd, I'd, I gave Ghost an 80 flow last week as well, as did you. And we both gave Cam'ron 80 <laughs> flows. So three straight weeks of 80 flows. All very different, we're, though. We're, we're, flow, uh, we're flow whores. Yeah, we're just, we're just <laughs> yeah. going, just going for the big flows. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, and I'm a proud, proud flow whore, but – longevity i got a 60 got a 65 very long window of being active of course again he is uh deceased now rest in peace nate dog but uh his window i mean you heard him on hooks regularly from what well since regulate up until his passing
4: right i mean you can't like look at his discography to to gauge his longevity, because like like most of his sort of Hall of Fame level work was done on other people's albums. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, think of all the classic albums that just wouldn't be classics if he hadn't been a part of them. I mean, it's it's a long list. So, uh, you know, worked with multiple generations, really, of Mm -hmm. artists.
3: And artists all over the country. You know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't just a, a West Coast guy by any means. In fact, I got a 60, you got a 65 again it was really kind of that sound you know and that that style of you know maybe three or four hooks uh per song and just breaking up breaking up a track maybe he had uh, something to do with that maybe you don't see a lot of people really impersonating Nate Dogg nowadays but uh I, yeah i mean i, I don't so, think
4: you have people impersonating him because i i don't think that you can't you, i don't think you could do that yeah. without it being clear that you were impersonating him uh but i think he really opened up like a new, <clears throat> sort of a new, like a, a profession, really, of just being yeah. a, a hook guy on hip hop songs. I mean, that that's something that you know, plenty of guys since him have have been able to do as as their main job is just singing the hooks. And I think he made that kind of cool yeah. and made it uh, something that you could become pretty popular doing.
3: And he made he became really popular doing that. I mean, we've we've graded guys like you know, Big Pond, Jadakiss, Nate Dog. If you just ask a casual fan not even a fan just somebody off the street i think most people more people far more people maybe wouldn't know who Natog is. and i mean think how many was. like just think how many like
4: girls even yeah uh could do his regulate verse word for word you yeah. know i mean it's it's uh, you know some iconic lines that i mean and just stuff off of like dr dre's albums and, and snoop dogg albums and stuff i mean um,
3: He's worked with them and everybody, Eminem.
4: Extremely, extremely mainstream hooks and, and mm-hmm. lyrics uh, via Nate Dogg. Yeah,
3: very widespread appeal for sure. Swag, I got a 65, you got a 70. I mean, just the voice was an, uh, so yeah. silky and yeah. worth a bunch of points in its, uh, on its own. Uh, the fedora, you know, that kind of knocks him a little bit, but still a, I v- think a he, plus tool. I think uh, the...
4: You know, I I mean, it's not a look that I would recommend many people trying to pull off. But I think <laughs> he He did as I mean, he did about as good a job as you can do going for that look. Yeah. And you know, he would sometimes have the cane, you know, on his his albums, album artwork, you know, just, uh, you know, a, it's a gen- very a pimp, gentleman pimp.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. A pimp and a gentleman. <laughs> but overall, I got a 55. You got a 60. High marks, but just given the, you know, kind of a limited role. It's like it's like hard to, you know, elect a utility guy to an all star game. Uh, it's been is done. He, yeah, I mean, is he a
4: utility guy or like a reliever? Like he's like an ace reliever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a, you know, Mariano
3: Rivera. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, ton of respect for Nate Doug and uh, miss that era. You know, when he was, you, you could expect him and just know that he was going to pop up randomly, uh, on, on any given track. Well, that'll do it for us guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.
1: is the story of harry's for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers then one day an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors he was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving they called it harry's by taking less profit and selling online harry's can offer quality blades for less You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.